young hunks taking shots, stripping down to dirty socks, music up, getting hot. Let's make the most of the night like we're gonna die young. <laughs> well, that, of course, is the brilliant Kadalarha. And if it's what I sent my guest tonight as a means of what to expect for our interview, then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy. Coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And tonight, folks, we're on the Gowanese northern shores... <laughs> Up the slope, as they say, don't they? <laughs> Someone does. Park Slope. And I'm sitting here with a terrific fella, comedian, writer, designer, and a whole host of other things, I'm sure. He's also the host of his own storytelling series. Please give a warm welcome with your ears to Andy Ross. Oh, Andy, hey. how are you? Thanks so much, Dale. It's really nice to be this here. This is a treat. Well, I guess, I mean, it's my apartment. It's nice to be in my apartment. <laughs> well, it's, it is nice for me. It's nice uh, for you Dave, to be this here. This is a heck of a place you got here. And uh, oh, everything thanks. artfully arranged and uh, very tastefully done. Oh, thank you very <laughs> much. I say, it's a, it's a treat to be here. Um, and uh, you, boy, the whole neighborhood's ready for Halloween. You got any decorations going up? I, I we we put up some decorations last night. I really like uh, the spooky cat over there looking at me. Cat lantern, <laughs> and uh, we got some uh, Matryoshka uh, uh, Frankenstein dolls over there. Nesting dolls. Yes, what makes a Matryoshka? That's the name of nesting dolls. That's the Russian oh, name for I nesting see. dolls. So it's a little redundant to say nesting dolls afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't. You were up. just translating. That's fine. Well, I mean, if you want, you could do Matryoshka nesting doll within doll dolls, hey, and it would be like, like the, the dolls thing itself. Yeah. Is that a word for that? Where the word is the thing itself? Uh, onomatopoeia. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. There should a be a close. word that means words that are words. We're getting to we're it. We're doing aren't we? great. <laughs> <laughs> I like to start off with a little mind bender for everybody. Uh, by the way, we're pairing the podcast tonight with some uh, real cool iced tea. Yeah, I made it myself. Did you really? Twinings. Uh, Twinings. That's some of the finest, isn't it? Mm hmm. From across the pond. Yeah, that's Pardon right. Pardon me. And I'll just set it down there so as not to disturb anyone. Boy, that's nice. I could use a little whiskey in it, but that's all right. That's, <laughs> it feels good. And are you going to do anything for Halloween? Do you dress up? you a person that goes out there? Um, I really love Halloween. I love dressing up. I don't know what I'm going to be yet. I was thinking about a bat. Sure. Where uh, I saw in a magazine, a children's magazine, that they cut a, uh, an umbrella in half and then sewed it oh, yeah. to, to a sweatshirt arm. So when yeah. you lifted up your arms, you were a bat. Yep. And I thought, that why not do that as an adult? There's plenty of umbrellas. Yeah, there are plenty of umbrellas. <laughs> now, would you be a sexy bat? Well, naturally. I mean, I wouldn't try, but <laughs> I just I always end asking. up. <laughs> I always end up a sexy fat bat. <laughs> but it really, it would just be a bat. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be. I hope that works out for you because you should get some candy. Is that where do you go? You go to a party or something? Um, hopefully. Well, send me the details. I'd be happy to join you. Absolutely. Uh, what will you be going at this year? <laughs> Boy, I think I'll, I. You know, I'd go maybe as a whiskey barrel. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a fun one. Or sometimes, because it's always a barrel. So just like a barrel with, with suspenders, like <laughs> that's, it's like that's a right. Depression era. That's right. I yeah. just I just say I'm a different kind of barrel each time. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same. You got the suspenders, and once you've invested in a barrel of that size. Yeah, absolutely. You might as well use you it You keep year. it in storage all year. I you mean, can you make can a planner out of it. You can make a planner out of it for but, uh, tomatoes. Sure, you could grow them. Sometimes you see them growing upside down. You ever see those? Yeah, real interesting. I don't know how they do it. 
Well, listen, let's talk about, first of all, the storytelling thing, because that's out there, and people are sure. interested in that, and it's got a fun name, Real Characters. That's my show. <laughs> I like that. And uh, my goodness, if you can't mix artisanal prohibition drinks, you might as well have a storytelling series. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be considered a modern New Yorker, right? That's right. Well, I do have the beard, so that's one down. You've got, you're wearing a lovely plaid. I do, yeah. I, I'm wearing plaid and I have a beard, so that means comedy. Yeah. If I had suspenders on and a beard, that would mean that I was an artisanal uh, mixologist. Uh, mixologist. That's right. <laughs> That's very subtle, the distinctions that yeah. we have. And, of course, suspenders with a barrel. You can be whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, so when did Real Characters get going, and what is it? Oh, gosh. Well, it's a show that started about two and a half years ago. Oh, that's in the basement of Comics Comedy Club. Okay. Uh, they had room for another show, and I happened to say, yes, I would love to do a show. And I started out just doing, it was a mix of Storytellers from the Moth, which I had been a part of for a little while um not a part of but i've been attending their story slams met a lot of good performers thought that they should have more opportunities to perform sure and then i also had a bunch of friends who were uh stand-ups or or comedian people and and i really like it when people do character monologues so i mixed the two and i had it be people telling true stories and people telling stories in character i see well then um comics closed very suddenly you had something to do with that? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe I had some small part in it, uh, in that uh, I wasn't bringing in any money for him except yeah. for drinks. Um, but it closed suddenly, and then it, the show moved to uh, uh, this place over here, uh, the French Bistro, uh, that it was in for a long time. His name I can't remember. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. It's called Belleville Lounge. It there was in go. Belleville there Lounge. There Sure. And it was in the back room there, and uh, and then we started bringing in more writers and people I hadn't ever met, like UCB people, and we had some really um, great performers like Rob Lathan and uh, um, and uh, a bunch of great people. Sure, yes. Uh, and, Check the archives for some of those. Well, no, like uh, <laughs> Mitch McGee and uh, um, Kate McKinnon did it. And sure, now on SNL. Now she? on SNL. Yeah. Yep, Hilariously sure. funny. She's, she's hilariously terrific. funny woman. She's doing very well on there. Um, so, for a little while, Belleville lost its liquor license, couldn't have any shows in the back room, and I started looking, and a friend... You're a bit like the kiss of death. I am the kiss of death. I'm a black cloud. <laughs> I'm nervous about having you on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we found a great home that we've been at for a long time that's not going to close. It's McNally Jackson Books. Terrific place. A terrific place. Right there and in Soho. So great to have us, and in having taking it to McNally Jackson, the show has changed again. In that we started bringing on authors, and that's been amazing. That's been really exciting. We've had a lot of memoirists like uh, Simon Doonan and Mike Doty, Rachel Dretch, Steve Gutenberg. Those are just the famous ones. That, and I, that's your Rushmore. That's <laughs> 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 uh, you uh, need. So but, up to this point, you had a storytelling series, but you hadn't thought about it having authors. No, no, I hadn't had authors Isn't that yet. interesting? And... Uh, um, I had been to other shows that have authors. There's a really good one um, uh, called How I Learned, which has a lot of Sure, authors. yes. Right. And, uh, and I've always enjoyed it, but I never thought that I could get them. And then, and then I got to this, this bookstore, and I was like, oh, we can sell some books for these people. Very attractive for and, the people. And it's just been a real blast. And I've met so many great people and been able to still have a, friends from the moth, performers I admire, uh, comedians I admire, people 
who write for TV shows and stuff like that. And it's just been, it's really come together and become this amazing show, not through any uh, intentional, it just drifted into being a great show. Well, that's that's what we hope, isn't yeah. it? It's a lot <laughs> you, of fun. You get, that's terrific. And, uh, <laughs> and something, though, there is really a lot of storytelling going on, though, too. What do you think it is about? Uh, I say your generation. I'm a little bit older than you. In my day, I don't remember too many storytelling series where you well, have somebody talking to series, you, but, uh, you know, for a cover mm -hmm. uh, uh, that would be in a bookstore. We had Beats, right. but if you didn't have a black turtleneck, you were out, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but but what do you think it is about this this time or or people of your age that are interested in sharing with other people? Well, I think that. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, I think it's just been a natural progression, you know. Um, my guess is that uh, This American Life opened up this idea to people that um, entertainment doesn't have to be packaged and, and, and all funny or all tragedy. It can be this mix of things. And, and from there, the, uh, independently, of course, The Moth started up. And The Moth has been such a huge influence on storytelling and 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 really change storytelling from, uh, you know, uh, Briar Rabbit stories and, and the Southern tradition of everything happens in threes. There's a big epic scope to everything. Stuff isn't necessarily, uh, I mean, even if it's true, it's still very theatrical to this new style of very vulnerable, honest, go up there and just tell the truth kind of storytelling. And maybe it's not super polished or maybe it is, but, um, but that's just because someone's a natural raconteur and just allow that to be in a space up on stage. You know, I think when you look back, there was storytelling on talk shows and stuff. When Peter O'Toole would go on, sure. he'd be a raconteur, and everybody who was on um, Dick Cavett's show was certainly up there just telling stories off the cuff. And they had um, the time to do it. It wasn't, had, here's the three exactly. minutes to sell your movie. It was, oh, here's uh, Peter Sellers coming by. Or, right, or, or, or Richard or, Harris is going to come and tell... Or Groucho. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, it's going to tell a, uh, an eight-minute-long story... That's going to have a real good cap on the end, but you don't know where it's going while it's going. Right. He's a terrific one. He'd get really going. On he would. <laughs> some of those, wouldn't he? He would. And so I think that uh, that this new storytelling movement has, has brought just that idea of storytelling back. And did you grow up watching some of those programs? Oh, absolutely. I would. I, if, if Richard Harris was on Letterman, I was staying up to watch it. That was the key, yeah. Yeah. Or, um, oh, gosh. Lots of other people. I mean, even Alan Alda would have great stories. And he went on to write these two great memoirs, which are hilarious. And I would love to have him on my show. Alan Alda, if <laughs> well, you're he, out there. And, he's a listener. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is. Good. Well, well, I'm sure you'll... If your phone doesn't start ringing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's... And are there... Now, you're among a, a group of people that are producing these things. You mentioned a couple of the other ones in town, and I've talked to a number of the greats. Do you all get together in a clubhouse of some kind? And, <laughs> and, um, and kvetch, yeah. Tell sometimes stories we kvetch. about telling stories or we something. Do, uh, I, I do bump into a lot of people, and, and I go to a lot of their shows, and we go out afterwards for drinks, and uh -huh. we talk about how running a show is just the worst. It's really, <laughs> it's so wonderful to have a show, and you love the show while it's going on, but... But um, for a lot of us, because we're performers first and not necessarily producers, right. um, just the idea of juggling whatever it is, four dozen emails per show to make sure everyone's there and that the venue's going to be okay and you're going to get people out and get it up on Facebook and have a 
MailChimp newsletter and all that stuff, just keeping it all in order, is uh, juggling balls without being a juggler. That's right. You're really fighting the, the impulse against nagging people. That's right. That you naturally have as an entertainer. You want to make people happy. And here's this thing that you have to then do to just badger them constantly <laughs> to all of the people involved. And people are people. Mm-hmm. And people that are performative themselves have their own a distinct flavor and I think writers among them are are, are in a special class that's right all of themselves and so uh, you got it it's a little bit it can be tricky can it it can and not to complain about any performer everyone I've had I have loved having up and been so happy that they have come and done it that's and right. made time in their lives to perform for free uh, that's wonderful and no one has ever been terrible to me over email but I am a uh, I am uh, a nervous Nelly. If That's you Alan Alda. That's Check Alan it. Alda on my phone. <laughs> I, I bet it. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's Alan Alda. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's Joe's Pub from, uh, from the Public well, Theater. They send yeah. a lot of emails. I'm <laughs> muting my phone now. <laughs> well, terrific. <laughs> but it can be difficult, but it, but people are great and we're, we're happy. You know what? I Sometimes I'll have somebody that doesn't work out, drops out the day sure. before the thing. But, you know, the people that have come in there have made for a show that I think is even better than the show I had planned beforehand. And I feel like there's some kind of destiny at work. I have had that same experience. It's, it's, been, really, it's been really great. It's really remarkable. That person really wants to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe the other person, eh. Absolutely. They made other choices. That's all it is. And, and you know what? Good for them. Uh, good luck to them making <laughs> other choices. That's right. <laughs> but, we wish, uh, we wish I, everybody the best I can honestly thing. say that everyone who's been at my show has been a joy and and I just am so proud and happy to have facilitated it also I am incredibly charming as a host I don't <laughs> oh well, that's why the people come out that's why it? the people come out and the free wine <laughs> how often do you do the thing I do it once a month once a month that's yeah. enough isn't it yeah second second Wednesdays of the month okay that's pretty good Always at the same, every month. Every month, except sometimes around the holidays, things get a yeah, little yeah. wacky because it's yeah. a bookstore and they need to sell books. they got to move the units. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, let me ask you a, a, a slightly off-topic question. Please. But, but how do you feel about hotel rain showers? I love them. You love them, too. I love them. Boy, I'm telling you, my idea of fantasy location, where I'd most want to be other than talking to you right now. Yeah, sure. And you are a charming <laughs> fella. <laughs> Would be in a room recently used by someone else, in my skivvies, standing beneath hot rain. Just uh, hot, it's like a summer day in August out here in New York. Amazing. If they could make it smell like garbage, I'd never leave. <laughs> <laughs> you do any traveling? Uh, sometimes, yeah. My family's all, all around the country now. And because uh, you grew up in Wisconsin? I grew up in Wisconsin. My mom... Uh, my, well, my wife, my wife's family is still in Wisconsin. My, my wife and I met in, in school at Wisconsin. And my mother has since uh, retired down to Austin. That's a great place down That's there. That's great. You yeah. like going down there? I do. I do very much. What's the place called? San, San What's the hotel? The, the fine little hotel down there? Oh, I don't know. I've always stayed with, with family. Oh, you got family. Yeah. Well, sometime you'll want to stay away <laughs> from them. but <laughs> That can make a nice visit. When you're not with them. Yeah, but. absolutely. Yeah, I, bet. I bet that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, something like the San Jose or something. But it's a terrific little place, and they got a nice breakfast box that they'll deliver to your room. Do they have rainfall in the You know, the I'm going to have to check and see, but I'll certainly send a strongly worded letter if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so Wisconsin, did you have dreams of New York? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I did. I always wanted to be a comedy writer. A comedy writer. What yeah. made you think that? As, what even introduced that other than some of the Richard Harris stuff? Or oh, well, you, you know, uh, my family always got, uh, um, well, my, my dad was uh, big into comedy, so there was uh, always comedy around and, and humor books and things like that. And who were, who were the people he was looking to? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There was a thing like like MASH and Cheers and stuff like that. Sure. And uh, and he always had like you know the Friars Club books and and Dirty Joke books up on the top shelf and and uh, you know limericks collected. We had the whole top shelf was Dirty Jokes and I'll and I'll tell you why. It's because he was a small town lawyer. There are only about ten thousand people in my hometown, and uh, when you grow up in a small town. Everybody uh, interacts with everyone else. Like during yes. the day, you'll interact with the snowplow guy or the county judge or a surgeon or the bus driver, you know? Like an episode of The Simpsons. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, very much. And and the only and the cultural currency in that case was, for men was dirty jokes. And Boy, so, I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to tell a dirty joke to the postal person here, boy. No, nope, it's not, not going right. to work. It's not going to work over. <laughs> it's not going to work. Especially the ones that I grew up with, because yeah. I knew them all, and sure. he would have, sometimes he would, like, collect them in manila envelopes, you know? Like, photocopies from, uh, gosh, you remember the, like, National Lampoon dirty jokes, like, very foul jokes, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, and I knew, I knew probably a hundred limericks by the time I was six. Foul limericks. Um, <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> but at the same time, we also had, like, the New Yorker came into the house, and I really liked the the cartoons and stuff like that. So it was always in my, the back of my mind that I wanted to write. It existed. Humor. And we, you have a top shelf here that's very far. What do you got up there? <laughs> well, that's, uh, <laughs> well, it looks like there's some scripts up. Well, there are comics. There's uh, a uh, old New Yorker Peter Arno comics are up there. Okay. And Anything there's uh, the Playboy cartoons are up there. Play, that's, that works. Yeah. I, I like um, I, I like the Half Price Books store. Now, they don't have them in New York, but whenever I'm home, I go into Half Price Books. Uh, which is which would sell stuff like that and um, and the, you know the overstock stuff at at Barnes Noble. I like bookstores and I like going into used bookstores and finding old comics and things like that. The old one panel comics I think are still hilarious. Terrific, right? Yeah. Sometimes you can find some of those on eBay. Absolutely, you yeah. sure can. Yeah. The old um, uh, oh, there's the the Charles Adams book. Like, if you open up there a Charles Adams book, those are hilarious jokes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, and a, a nice portrait of a family. Yeah, I know. Real loving, real loving, not towards others, but towards each other when they're not killing each other. I think maybe the next uh, sort of a spin-off podcast for me would be just describing bookshelves. <laughs> you got to find your niche. Who wouldn't enjoy that? <laughs> oh, well, there's a lot of good stuff up there. I've got one uh, uh, from eBay recently. It's a big, it's 42nd Street, it's a subway, mm -hmm. and they got some vending machines. I guess maybe they had old vending machines or something there, and the, you know, sure. whenever, the, earlier than the 90s, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the, back in the day. And cigarettes is one, and soda and candy is another one, and the middle one, it's got a mask coming from it, it's just oxygen. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. So then, Solid effort. Yeah, it's all right. It only costs like uh, $200 to have it framed. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, jokes on me. So, but before you came to New York, though, you had this—you had an awareness and appreciation for great things and funny things and good-looking books and ideas. But you—you—you—you you, you, you went to Chicago first before coming to New York. Sure, I sure did. And there you were involved in. Tell me the things you're involved in. You founded some kind of a comedy deal there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was part of this uh, starting this show called uh, Chicago Underground Comedy. I was one of the first members, and it was a show in the back of a in the back of a bar, and, and it eventually grew up to be one of the big, big shows in Chicago for stand-ups, and still going strong, even though many of the original people have moved away. And do you go back? Are you treated like royalty when you go back there? I'm treated like an old bit. friend. <laughs> a little bit. You got a picture on the, on the wall or something? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, I, uh, I did the logo for the show, so technically uh -huh. I, I do have a picture up on the wall. Well. <laughs> and all these things happen. I've noticed that you described, I don't know where it happens in the bookstore, but in the basement, in the back room, Absolutely. at the place. That's, yeah. that's, our, that's where we live, isn't it? I do the show down in the basement on the Gowanus, yeah. the live shows. That's where we find our little ourselves doing... Well, that's where you can go and entertain and not worry about money, which I think is a big thing. You don't have to worry <laughs> about true. selling out an auditorium uh, when, you're, when you're starting out and you're just interested... Not that I'm starting out anymore, but when you're just interested in putting on a show that people will enjoy and, and take some of the pressure off of it, that it's not a you know, huge professional shindig. Right, just go underground. Go underground. Get shoved in the back. There are a bunch of good shows in Chicago. There's a place, there's a place you would love called the Lincoln Lodge, where I would perform every oh, once yes. in a while, where they all wear fezes. Um, and it's in an old diner. I like that. And then they have not You know high me chairs. pretty well. Just, <laughs> just after talking for a bit. They all have high chairs? Uh, Naga high chairs. Oh, Naga high chairs. All right. I was imagining a bunch of uh, middle-aged men in high chairs with fezes, but that's not the situation. That's a Naga. different club altogether. That's a different club. And uh, and then you did some... And it, By the way, is this where you met Lauren Sharp? Did you know her out there? I didn't know her out there. I Lauren met her out recently. here after... Uh, through some Chicago connections. Oh, well, she's a terrific. I know she was I, on your show and mine as well, and she's a great. She's coming on my show again in November. Delightful. That's what I wrote down next to her name. Delightful, Delightful. indeed. That's what I. But, I, but before we get to the show in this oh, coming no, up, no rush. I want to talk about that because that's another. Uh, ad, but you did a little something in Second City too, I, right? I went through the the writing program at Second City. And what was that like? What are they? What are they? Uh, it was. There? It was really great. It was. Uh, it was guided uh, more towards towards sketch writing. Towards sketch be? writing, and then and then once you finish through the sketch program, you go on to television and and and, and film writing. Well, I bet that's very helpful. It was great. <laughs> it was great. You really learn. You really learn the toolbox of you know, what are what are the different kinds of humor like is fish out of water. Right. Uh, sane person, crazy world, stuff like that. Simple, but but they really they beat in the basics to you, and so it becomes natural. Some of the basic setups and things. It's like a, a commedia dell'arte or something. Going Absolutely. back and understanding the archetypes that are involved in making things funny. Wow, you put it. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I heard that on a podcast. <laughs> Well, you paired it well, beautifully. Thank you. Well, that's uh, that's uh, and that's of course an esteemed institution when it comes to comedy. And when are we talking? What years is this that you got there? Oh, I was there from two thousand three until two thousand five. Oh, all right. Two thousand six. That's great. And you catch some of the big the players that are out there in the, at the Second City too. Oh, sure. There were there were a bunch of really great people that I got to see. I got to see. Um, uh, oh, all the greats. All the greats. <laughs> No, I'm just trying to think. I know his last name from Key and Peel. Key. Yeah. Um, and then and then uh, 
Peter Gross, who went on to write for uh, the uh, Colbert Report. Yeah. Um, and and a bunch of other really fantastic people were, were, were on the main stage when I was taking classes. Well, that's terrific. Yeah, I, we did a little something out there uh, with the a comedy festival or something in Chicago that they would do every year. Was it Sketchfest? Uh, I don't think so. I, it's, it was just a comedy festival. Comedy I think Judy festival. Tenuta was the headliner. Oh, I remember Maybe when Don Rickles was yes, there. Yes, comedy festival, and, for sure. Uh, and it was a little, we had to play in a, boy, a big room, Black Orchid or something was it. Oh, that's a big room. Big room, right? That's you know a big room. About. Yeah, sure. That's that's actually a moment I decided that stand-up comedy is not for me. Because mm -hmm. I was downstairs, and I can't remember the guy's name, and it doesn't matter. I don't want to hurt the guy's feeling. But it, I, it, this was a person that was going up to do stand-up. We did a little something or another, a little show. Uh, uh, I was performing with my wife at the time, and we did a little show, and then we just hang out backstage underneath back there and this guy came up he's going to do stand-up afterwards mm -hmm. just full of rage just a being that was full of rage you could just tell yeah he, did. he just he just bristled and I said just I couldn't deal with it and I realized that a lot of a lot of stand-up folks have some issues that they're working out oh they're yeah, very real and not all of them of course there's some lovely people in the in just 90 percent of them <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was unappealing to me as a path and so I didn't take it I mean just because of what this guy did it just wasn't right. But right. I tell you, you could drink until four at those bars. Sure you can. Well, it wasn't too bad. I, those uh, little ones, what are they called? Shots? <laughs> yeah, that's the word. <laughs> They're little beers. They have little beers there. Oh, yeah, yeah. A special Chicago beer. Oh, yeah, I don't know the name of it. Well, we, all, we wish them well. I did uh, stand-up in, I mean, not professionally, but I was working towards being a stand I started off doing stand-up in open mics and stuff for mm -hmm. in Chicago and a lot of a lot of the people I've started out with have gone on to be incredibly famous stand-ups, and good for them. But it wasn't quite for me. <laughs> That's right. Well, what would it be like Pete and all those guys were out there at the time? Um, uh, Hannibal started out there. Sure. DJ Miller, Kumail Nanjiani, yeah. Jared Logan, Brooke Van Poplin, um, a uh, bunch of bunch of really yeah, great yeah, performers. That's terrific. Well, but you got to know what you want to do, mm -hmm. and and then so when I get I want to get back to this question though, of of New York and what you you thought it was going to be like versus what it's actually proven it to be. Sure, was it very different? Um, you know, I had visited here quite a lot because my sister went to school here. And, okay. Um, so I I knew what it was going to smell like, and I knew <laughs> uh, what it was like to to put your elbow into the train car and stuff like that. Um. But it's been different. It's been interesting. I, when I first came here, I uh, got a gig writing for the Onion News Network, and I was uh, going in and sitting at the table every week. And I thought, well, this is my end. I'm, uh, the gates have opened. I've been vetted. Right. And and uh, six months later, they they said, thank you for your time with us. And I said, well, that's great. It's been good. Moving on to the next thing. And then the next thing uh, took a little time to figure out, especially because yeah. I. Stopped doing stand-up and was trying to find my place in this community, and and I eventually found found storytelling and found this thing that I do, which is writing the humor essays and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but just uh, you know, it moves at a it moves at a fast clip here, and uh, I can see why it's not always inviting because there are so many new people every day coming into New York. Um, but sometimes you can feel a little bit like your baby Dumbo. And the elephants have made the circle. <laughs> <laughs> but one smart thing that one smart thing that you've done is position yourself at the at the top there in terms of organizing event, and you can constantly bring in new people. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's a great position to be in. It's certainly uh, one I've tried to take advantage of by highlighting this young talent that's coming through here at, at that oh, pace that you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. And, and then there's such and and once you do find something that you're that you feel comfortable with slugging away at. For for me, it was storytelling with yeah. the moth, and and I'll tell you, I went to the moth for a year and a half before I won one of the story slams, and uh, and but during that time, I was building up muscles and. And things in New York just happen at a higher level where you have to get better. And so you do get better. You know, it tempers you like <laughs> steel, right. kind of. Right, right. And and so it's been very enjoyable. I don't mean to complain about it. I've, I've really loved all the experience of it. But I would say that coming in, I didn't expect it to be as, as difficult as it was. Right. Or, or, or potentially as rewarding as it is. Which has been every, incredibly... The game is just... And you would you get a prize for the Moss Slam thing? Would it give you a trophy or something? Uh, you get to go on and do the Grand Slam, which is very exciting because you do it at these really fancy uh, BB Kings and stuff like that. <laughs> that Not that the, that, that's yeah. the best. But you do it at like a big <laughs> venue and everybody's excited. And yeah, it's there really you great. go. It's really that's, great. You meet some good people at that, I bet. Yeah, and, and the people at the Moth are great. It's great organization. It sounds like one I've said. As I hear from many of uh, you people. <laughs> you people. Who are you calling you people? <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> the story elites. Uh, no, it's a trip, and uh, your muscles look good. So oh, those, thank you very paying much. Off. It's the plaid. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a well-fitting uh, shirt. No, you can't. It's it's one of the keys. Uh, so, and you and you mentioned this. You wrote for uh, a number of great outlets and everything. You mm -hmm. did some stuff for Comedy Central. I did uh, some stuff for the uh, Indecision Forever blog. Just a few little things here mm -hmm. and there. You jazzed for the election. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't stop watching. I can't stop reading yeah, about it. It was quite a debate we had. Yeah, real barn burner. Real barn burner. They, uh, they were getting all up in each other's grills last I night. I tell you, I like to get up there in Romney's grill. I really, his hair is fantastic. It stays mm -hmm. perfect no matter what position he takes. It's like it's drawn. It's like he's J. Jonah Jameson and it just has those perfect white flecks on it's, the side. Uh, that can't be, that can't be natural. Though, I don't it? think it is. I don't think anything about it. <laughs> we'll see how he does. It's uh, he's uh, he's a, he's a guy, Yikes. and uh, <laughs> he is a guy. Yikes and, that. and your hometown fellow is running with him. Oh gosh, that guy, that little come on, <laughs> flick his nose. I would like to walk up to him and flick his nose. And that's 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 harsh words in Wisconsin. Oh, you know, I, would, <laughs> I agree. Is... I think that Wisconsin's really changed since I left there. Mm -hmm. It's become very partisan. It wasn't partisan before. I mean, it had it had had some of that and. And I grew up knowing conservatives, but, but, uh, but I, you know, I grew up in a very liberal family near Madison, which is very liberal. And I go back now, and and I'm on the outskirts of Milwaukee visiting my my mother-in-law, and there are just all there are just signs in every in every lawn, and and there's just anger. There's a lot of anger. It seems like it. It's it's, it's yeah. really it's really scary, actually. I think they just need more dirty limericks. They need more dirty limericks to unite us all. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's bowling alone. That's what they're doing. They're bowling alone. <laughs> oh, geez. It all goes that back to guy, that. That fella, yeah. he's doing some work. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that you wrote, and I enjoyed this, was about sexting. <laughs> now, what's the... What's the I can, I'm glad. I'm glad. You I consider that. this show one long sex. <laughs> I've forgotten who I'm supposed to send it to, <laughs> but it's it's reaching out. I thought what we could what would be fun is to do nexting, and mm -hmm. that's just where I take a photo of something I'm next to, and then send it out to people. Ooh la la! <laughs> pretty good, right? It's pretty good. Yeah. It, it's uh. It uh. It's uh. Uh. Yeah. It's 
Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you for your support. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm very eloquent. Tonight. What is sexting? What is sexting? Yeah. Well, I think it's when you send uh, send a, uh, a text, a phone text to someone that is about sex, say, and or or or, or hopeful uh, that sex will happen. But not a coworker. It could be. Again, not it won't be your coworker for long. You'll get fired. <laughs> well, it depends. Depends, maybe. It also depends where you work, probably. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'll see what happens. I know. I'm. I'm of the age I'd botch it. There's just a certain age threshold where you're going to botch it. You see this all the time. People botch it, and uh, I bet I'd I'd goof up. I think I would. I would botch. Like, say, if I had to flirt over Tumblr, I'm of the age where I wouldn't be able to (laughs) flirt over Tumblr. I'd mess that up. I'd send them the wrong animated GIF. (laughs) You say GIF. I do say GIF. Well, that's interesting. So now do you we're say getting, GIF? Now we're getting somewhere. Do you say GIF? I say GIF. This this is over. This podcast is over. I'm not saying I'm no, right. I say GIF. And and uh, what's the? Why would you say that? You know the the peanut butter is J I F. Yeah. No. I. Well, I GIF. actually I did. I, Jiffy Pop is. What did I read? Was it on Slate? I read something where someone, um, the people who invented the GIFs, uh, called them. Well, you know what? I would here's here's something funny because I'm a designer when I make. A GIF, yeah. I make a GIF, but when it's animated, I call it a GIF. Oh, oh. an animated <laughs> GIF. I don't say now, animated man. GIF because you got the hard D. Yeah. Why would you go to a hard G? Do you say it a lot? Animated GIF. <laughs> I've said it many times tonight. <laughs> this might, we might be setting a record. But I've never for the said number GIF. Of times it's been out loud said. I've just made <laughs> GIFs, but I've never said GIFs. But I say animated GIFs because it's so funny that they exist. And just how how they're everywhere, and people under twenty six, their entire emotional state is laid out in animated gifs of TV shows on their tumblers. And it's just a number of scenes put together. It's just like a short bit of. I know. It's like old time animation, isn't it? It is old time animation. I like the one that you said about you were gonna. What were you gonna do? Put together all the all the animated all gifs, the gifs of. Uh, of uh, Arrested Development and try and get the original runtime of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's I talked about it before. That sounds like my project to do a transcription of the audiobook of Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love then, it. Then publish that. I think that's great. Just first pass whatever I heard, whatever I could get. <laughs> it's only 40 pages long. That's You're right. slow, you're hunching back tight. <laughs> However much patience I have. <laughs> Well, that's a way to spend a summer. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and, uh, of course, you've done some acting, too, performing. You said you're a performer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a one-man show? I had a one-man show here at, at the People's Improv Theater called Melon Comedy, which was a series. That's the pit. That's the pit. That's the pit. Theater. I just put it together. <laughs> and uh, I get it now. Um, and I did a bunch of monologues that were all funny and sad. Sad and funny, and oh, that's how you do it. That's how you do it, and it was, you a, end it was on a, real a happy toy. note or a kind of a. Mm, mm, it note. depended on which monologue was which. Oh, you switch it up. I'd switch it up. Well, I mean, I do like about. I did about fourteen different characters, and it wasn't like it wasn't like I was turning around and suddenly I was a different guy. They were just like little packages. Just a scarf. <laughs> yeah, just a scarf, and uh, uh, just a scarf. That was a different show. Uh, <laughs> But no, I did. And That's then I, when you could sex that show as an animated GIF. Absolutely. absolutely. Just a scarf. We've, we've got, this is our new business model. <laughs> just back to the sex thing. I just couldn't look at it myself. That's what I would be uncomfortable about, taking pictures of my privates. I'd have it on the phone. Sure. And if I was just looking for a friendly photo, I'd have to see it on there. 
and I'd be so turned off by it myself, I think I'd be uncomfortable. I, yeah, and, that and, sounds, I, I, no, I, I mean, sound, no offense to you, but that no. sounds horrifying. <laughs> I think to many of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, I think people who, a lot of people who send, who send pictures of themselves naked are probably enjoy seeing pictures of themselves naked. I guess they do. Maybe they have more enjoyable n- nudity than, yeah, maybe than some so. of us. I encourage it. I I would love to receive a sex. I tell you, once I got my varicose veins all taken care of, (laughs) I'm probably in better shape now to do it than I was earlier. You got the laser treatment. Boy, that was, yeah, I got it done. I wish I'd thought of it. I would have offered a sex for me as a Kickstarter (laughs) reward. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, but instead I'll give him a next. Yeah. All right, so, uh, sorry, you were talking about how lonely it was doing this show with the scarf. No, not lonely. It was good. I liked it. All right. It was, it was, it was I, re- I really loved that show. And actually, it was doing that show that got me interested in the moth because I, I started doing all these moth. Here's how it went I was at The Onion. <laughs> uh, at The Onion, I started doing the, uh, they had a blog on their MySpace. And it was MySpace. And, and yep. It, yep. Yep. And it was all the characters from the, from the, the videos uh-huh. got to do these, got to do these little blog posts. And I really got into that. Because I really like writing from character, so I wrote probably a dozen of those. And I and and after I left there, I thought, well, this is what I want to do. So I had a show where I was doing stuff in character, and then I realized, oh, I really like how the structure of this works, where one person talking still has the classic narrative arc that I learned at Second City. What if I did that myself? Here's this thing called the Moth. I'll start storytelling where I start telling true stories and I apply all this stuff that I've learned so far about arc and character yeah and it's just me now and I get to tell the truth and it's still funny and do you, you find yourself more you find yourself okay with that because you were doing the character work what mm-hmm. were some of the characters oh there was what a guy was, what's there your was... go-to character <laughs> well I do like I do like an old-timey southern lawyer uh-huh. an old-timey southern lawyer he likes likes like sitting on a porch with his with his suspenders and drinking a nice ginger beer and thinking about a game of golf he saw as a young boy, you know. There you um, go. That's, uh, that's well, like a, uh, 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 what's the guy's name? I want to say Brian Dennehy, but that's not it. The, <laughs> Dern- Durning. Durning. Charles, Charles Durning. Durning. It was like Charles Durning. Well, was thank in the you room. very much. That's yeah. an honor. I, yeah. um, I take either of those men. They both have very large faces. <laughs> um, but, um, but the show had like a, a guy who was awarded the prize to be the world's sexiest husband and it turned out to be too much responsibility. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, another man who was, uh, very excited to be, to leave his job as a lawyer to be a rodeo clown until he met rodeo clowns and saw how terrifying they are. Sure. In real life. It was just pieces like that. But you settled into all those stories were probably characters that you then informed with something of your own life. But now you're telling the truth as yourself. Yeah. Being as naked and raw as it would have as it would have been doing stand up sure but in in this other environment which is uh... which is interesting and I'll and I'll tell you that and um having done stand up and done this and and it's not like I would became a master at my craft at stand up I just went up and told jokes but uh between the two I just I love storytelling I love how it connects with people I love uh again the vulnerability of it I I like um the simplicity of it and just and my favorite part about storytelling is that you can find these things, and I think great stand-up does this too, only great stand-up, where someone tells you a detail about their life, and you didn't realize that it was a universal thing until they said it, and now you share that thing. And you're like, oh, that's part of my life too. I didn't realize that anyone else shared this moment with me. 
mm-hmm. and and it really informs uh, you and how you live your life and and your connection to others and I think that's amazing. It's terrific. Yeah. And it can really go anywhere that it needs to go. Yeah. Which is is so it's like our lives, isn't it? Mm, very much so. <laughs> well, well, I do. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the the honesty of getting getting to, uh, behind the creative process and really putting something out there that is, that is truthful, and uh, but that also connects in that a nice way. And there's an authenticity to the whole enterprise that I guess is what I'm getting at. That sure. I, that I respond to, and that's uh, well, I and. and, and, and in addition to all this great stuff that you're putting out there and speaking from the heart as you are, <laughs> uh, you also uh, are doing, you said you showed me some of your design work and you, you had a series of, of illustrations as well. Is that true? You, uh, something where it was like uh, puns that were made into visual oh, sure, yeah. cartoons. Well, I, uh, I, I, did you draw those or did you I just did, I did draw the them. I, uh, I started out at the student newspaper in Wisconsin drawing comics. And they were called low key, which were all these puns, uh, like uh, the well, like a picture of a of a of a tractor trailer with a Groucho nose and a mustache, and it said, "I hope you find this semi amusing." <laughs> uh, I do. <laughs> and 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 when I and when I left school, that split into two things. I got a job as a designer, and in that case, it was. I was a chalkboard artist at Trader Joe's for about five years. Well, that's college. a good gig. It's a pretty good gig. Did you have to wear the shirt? I did have to wear a wine shirt. Did people watch you do it? Um, no, no. I was in the back room behind the wine, behind the cases of wine. You didn't technically have to wear the shirt. No, I did. <laughs> I did. Did you My have a fake name there? I did not have a no, fake name. No, that's all their real names? Those are all their it's real names. It's not like at Mel's Diner sometimes you go and they got old-timey names on their thing. Oh, I see. No, no, no. I think that's everybody's real names. Okay. Um... But then, so I, and then I started that. doing comedy good. at night, so it kind of split the the writing aspect and the and the and the art aspect. And and since then, my jobs have all been design jobs. Like I, uh, I from Trader Joe's, I went and worked in high end wedding invitations, designing those. Um, and then the stock market crashed, and people didn't need fifteen thousand dollar wedding invitations anymore. <laughs> Not like they used to. <laughs> and now I design ebook covers. Um, That's the but, future. But going back, uh, those comics that you were talking yes. about. Uh, Online on 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 the Apiary, which is a comedy blog, I uh, I every, I had a weekly uh, continuation of Loki where I did you know cats and dogs dressed as royalty and it's raining cats and dogs stuff like that. <laughs> you gonna do a book? Can you design an ebook of that stuff? I should. Uh, I've been pressured by my wife and uh, and family members that I should put out a book. Yeah, I do so it. So I should probably do that at some well, point. You're the, you could be this generation's Gary Larson. Oh, oh, that's nice. <laughs> what happened to that guy? Um, he uh, he disappeared, He's and then done. and last year he had a single painting that went out for auction for a nonprofit. But other than that, no one's. Uh, I think he's taken up painting on in his own free time. That's what George W. did too. Yeah, he's painting like dogs, right? Those, yeah, dogs and just the, the cleared brush, I think. Since <laughs> he's cleared the brush, he paints. Well, you have to clear the, the brushes landscape. when you're done painting, otherwise the paint dries <laughs> out. Well, that'd be, he could get in on some of that pun stuff. You two should collaborate. I, I think we'd be a great pair. Well, that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like to see that. That's great. And, so, and uh, uh, you know, we talked about your father's comedy influence. I know I'm jumping a little bit here. But uh, uh, 
because I want to talk to you about your comedy influence. We didn't even talk about that and who some of the people you look to. But also, and we said, you know, the, the limericks and some of those things, but you also had a, a, a passion for comic books and visual things. Mm -hmm. So maybe tie those two things together in a way that I can't in a question. <laughs> <laughs> While you're asking, you're asking what some of my... Some, some of your some artistic, my influences, artistic influences. That's all. It could be from any place. Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I really like... Um, joy in comedy. Now, I, I told you I had a show called Melon Comedy, yeah. which is sad, but I like yeah. it. I like joyful stuff. I read a lot of P.G. Woodhouse, uh -huh, um, who writes these like light novels that are everyone's kind of good to each other and lovely, and 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 I like um, these old comic strips. Uh, and uh, you know, Calvin and Hobbes has a real love underneath all that, and yeah. um, and and I still I still am drawn towards. Um, either it, people that where the where the comedy comes from a sense of positivity. I think uh, Steve Martin and Jack Handy in their essays for the New Yorker. It's always very light and 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 and, and it can be a, and it's absurd, but it's really it's really positive and good. And I'm still drawn to like my favorite show is uh, Parks and Recreation because they love each other. Terrific you know? show, yeah. And and when you and you compare it to some other shows that I won't name, you know, even shows where they're families very modern shows about families they yes. they say that they love each other in the last 30 seconds but up till that point they're pretty horrible to each other sure yeah um so i think that uh i really try and even even when i'm satirical and and i have had some pieces where i've kind of poked fun at people who enjoy their gluten allergy a little too much you know or a little too proud of their gluten allergy i think that comes from a place of love and positivity which is what i try well, I think that's you know that's essential. We talked about some of this, the the issue that I had with the stand up person with so much anger, and it was not necessarily a response to stand up entirely, although I no. took it that way. But this person just had a a negative thing that he was putting off, and that's a that's a turn off for sure. me, and not something I seek out, and something I'm trying to uh, to spend some time with or to enjoy, whatever it might be. But I think that that joy aspect, that positivity, is also something that runs through all those improv things and that saying yes, because yes. It is, it's easy to say no to something. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get negative about it and you feel it and sometimes it's a comedian's instinct to, to go negative very quickly and start making you know, real dumb jokes, but angry towards the audience jokes sure. when you're feeling like it's not going well or something. You mm -hmm. get down on yourself and you lash out. But it's it's so much harder, but more rewarding to say yes and, and it opens up so many more opportunities. I'm not saying anything that people don't know, but but it, well, it just I think it, that you're getting to a core of something which is what is it? Is it construction or deconstruction? Comedy can be deconstruction, and, and stand up go. certainly is about deconstructing something that you find wrong that you want to fix. Um, so, but they're in the process of taking something apart. Whereas sketch, improv, storytelling, those are things that are about constructing a narrative together right? that's right that's right and you know as you're talking i'm putting it together with my own experience i pursued an advanced degree in mold making and some, <laughs> of the, some of the, the the sculptures there and that was always i was always drawn to the additive process as opposed to the oh the yeah chipping interesting. Away of interesting. yeah well there you go wow we've come we're, we've reached the yin and yang the 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 shiva the destroyer versus uh who who's the creator but anyway, uh, yes. I mean, there's a, there's a the dichotomy in the work coming. Uh, Ganesh? Yeah, see, he's just like a lucky fella. I don't know. Well, I got Certainly positive. <laughs> That's what I like about him. <laughs> he's got things in all his hands. 
Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, he's ready. He'd be he's good at juggling. Well, He'd be good at juggling a show. <laughs> Wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> That's a solo show that I'd like to see. Yeah, Ganesh and Friends. And it's just him, <laughs> just him. doing different, different scars. Oh, I hope this hands. isn't really offensive to someone. <laughs> Might be. Well... We approached it from a place of positivity, didn't we? We sure did. We were trying to build something good. Yes, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, what, what's next for you, uh, Andy? What do you think? Well, I... What's uh, going to go? You got the show, and it's part of the Gotham Storytelling Yeah, the Gotham Festival. Storytelling Festival. My show's on November 2nd at Under St. Mark's. November 2nd. That's the first, the, the first uh, one of its kind, this, this festival? Yeah, it is. It is uh, run through Horse Trade Theater, which... Uh, runs uh, under St. Mark's and the Crane Theater, which is uh, where the neo-futurists are and stuff. And, oh, sure. Uh, I, I, I believe they run those things. I don't know. Anyway, it's the Horse Trade Theater is putting together this show, and it's a lot of the best... Uh, it, the festival is a lot of the best shows from around the city. There's Bear and Told and uh, Adam Wade's show and, and, a, and a bunch of other really good storytelling shows are all going to be there. And then Is Danish Things part of that? Dana's uh, Soundtrack Series Soundtrack is part series. of that. Um, it'll, it'll be really good, and uh, that's the weekend of the, of the 1st through the 4th, I believe. And then I have another uh, bookstore show on November 19th. That should be fantastic. Um, we've got uh, David Reese and A.J. Jacobs. Um, David's great. Yeah, it's very funny. Very funny. Very funny guy. Uh, Courtney Mom and, and Anna Goldfarb, and, and that'll be a good show, too. So, And then, you know, the show will go on in, into the new year, and I'll be... Uh, writing stuff for it and it'll be good and you got anything else that you you want to tease in the future uh well any I guess... dreams you want to talk about <laughs> well i <laughs> had like one describing dreams don't do that nobody oh. likes that but i mean like a like a like a thing that you I, hope this builds towards I, I think i'm working on a book and i am working oh, on a great. book and we'll see how it goes it's not a memoir it's like a little joke book and and uh hopefully i'll get that done in the new year and and uh and just just moving forward performing and and, and enjoying that's the most anyone can ask for, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you're a performer. <laughs> That's right. And otherwise, that might be just the worst thing possible. I'd also like an indoor pool at oh, some point. Well, you could do it in here, I think. Yeah, a kiddie pool, but I want like a big one. Um, I, uh, when we're yeah, just talking about dreams, I, you know, just a mid-century modern house with a with a pool that goes from the indoor to the outdoor. I think that's reasonable. Do you have a vision board set up for that? <laughs> I do. It's it's uh, I, 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 uh, it's around here somewhere. Yeah, somewhere tucked behind some artful ceramic or comic compendium. I bet <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Well, but, but first things first. The yes. show was good. Maybe a book. Enjoying the company of new friends like you. Hey, thank you very much, Andy. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. That's Thanks great. I got a little me. business at the end of it, but uh, you know you can stick I'll, around. I'll lean back. I'll lean back and let you do that. Just relax there on the couch, but it sure has been nice. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. I'll shake your hand and make sure that it's official. That's great. You got a website? Yeah, it's andyrosscomedy.com. Okay, terrific. And that's where all the stuff about the storytelling and everything can be. Yeah, absolutely. You can find everything from there. All right. Well, good. And uh, here's a couple of things that I'm going to be doing just so people know. Uh, and all this is on DaleRadio.com, so if you stop the, the episode here and think that's done, you can go online and you, you get the same information that I'm about. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to be hosting the Film Biz Recycling Auction at November 9th. That's uh, at the Bell House. Oh, great. Down there, they'll be, they've got some terrific things. they got a calendar featuring all the gals that work there. Ooh la la. i got a sneak peek. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
it's now yeah, it's hard to go in there and not you know you, yeah. you blush a little bit. Yeah, when you talk you look at them over them. your glasses. So uh, that's a little uncomfortable for me, but it's going to be a great night. And look for tickets somehow. Filmbizrecycling.org, I guess, is what it is. But we have links, uh, and of course, we're almost to we're almost to our Kickstarter goal. By the time I say these words, we'll probably have reached our goal, which is exciting. Congratulations so, in advance. Thank you to everybody that's been doing it. We start shooting that November seventeenth. And then the 19th, there'll be another day of shooting, so I'm not going to make it to whichever one that you said was your show is on the 9th. I'm going to be in a trapeze. Well, I hope you have fun. <laughs> How can I not? <laughs> I'll be in a trapeze. And then on November uh, uh, 15th, there's so many dates. I should just send out an Outlook invite or something <laughs> at this point. But no, November 15th, uh, uh, Lisey Gorenson. Uh, uh, she was on a number of television shows, popular. She's an actress, mm -hmm. a comedian. She's Roseanne, Damages, Fringe. Sure. She's just a, a terrific uh, gal living over here. So we're going to talk. And uh, I know I said her name wrong the last time, but I've been corrected. It's Lisey. So we got, it's like the Jif Gif thing. Anyhow, uh, that's all coming up. And I'm excited. Of course, you can listen to us on Stitcher, on iTunes, uh, or just right on the site there. Feel free. Whatever you like. Now, till next time, I'll be carving a pumpkin into the shape of a whiskey bottle and wishing our baby Pepsi a very happy third birthday. Now, let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. <laughs>